BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Sneakers and Cleats, the podcast. Welcome back to the Sneakers and Cleats podcast. It is Wednesday, August 30th, number 20. Barry? Yeah. That first one that comes to mind? Manu. I knew you'd, I, that's why I put it on the sheet. I knew that I knew you were going to come up with Manu. <laughs> Barry, Barry's number three for me. Uh, Mel Renfro. Michael Jack Schmidt. Every, every single time you guys, we do this, you guys say a name I've never heard of. I know Mike oh, Schmidt. Gosh. Never heard of Ren, Renfro. Who? Mel Renfro, the original Cowboy Hall of Famer. Who? <laughs> Defensive back. He's in the NFL Hall of Fame. Shame on you. You should know Mel Renfro. Well, you know, I had other names on the list. Oh, it, good ones. Yeah. Good ones. <laughs> I didn't I would have go, Mel I would Renfro. go Manu, one. Barry Sanders, two for me. I mean, uh, Mel Renfro, two for me. Barry Sanders, three. And Mike Schmidt, four. I mean, I also Ray Allen is also up there. Ray Allen's up there for me, yeah. at least. Yeah. He helped uh, my team win a championship. So, yeah. um, Barry Sanders, obviously, is the first. That's the first one that came to mind. Is it was Barry? I mean, it's such a tragedy that he retired so young, but good for him, I guess. But you know what? When I think of Barry Sanders, too, I think of twenty-one. That's the number he wore in college when he won the Heisman Trophy at Oklahoma State. That's he fair. Changed numbers to go to the Lions. Yeah, I remember Barry Switzer talking about him in scouting reports. They're they're back twenty-one. Good player. <laughs> Did never knew their names. Just called them by their numbers. That's how a lot of people do it. Like in training camps, you'll, be, you'll hear people talk about Dak, and you'll they'll call him by number, and they'll they'll kind of do that with CD as well. Be like Chuck 80, does 88. that a lot. I do that too because yeah. of my pension for forgetting people's names. Now we both do like <laughs> you know eighty eight eleven. You got to pay eleven. You know. Yeah, you guys do that on uh, on TNL. Like be like, oh look at the number forty four over there. Right. <laughs> oh, when in big doubt. big number forty four. The number they gave me. <laughs> when you can read it. Don't get us started on jersey fonts. I was the best part of TNL for me last week was when you guys were at, when you were asking him about technology. That was my favorite fail time that we had last week. Was what uh, what technology Scan- Chuck Q- has actually used QR in codes. scanning QR codes? What what is that? I was <laughs> I was sitting on the sidelines like talking and just into my mic to Chris, just like. He's never heard of any or used any of these things. I don't know why why Don's asking him about when he's last signed into Netflix. You know what I did today for the first time? What's up? I downloaded the Apple Podcast app. We've we're on episode twenty. I, well, I don't. <laughs> I, I live it. I don't have to hear it again. And I thought we were coming up here to talk football, y'all. Okay, using me as a pincushion. <laughs> no, not you. Let's go. I, I'm I'm in the same. He's boat. in the same boat. <laughs> so oh, now I good. have. My wife said, she she'd seen something on TV, and she goes, I'd like to listen to that podcast. She goes, how do you listen to a podcast? She goes, where do I get podcasts? And my answer was, Matt always says, wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> you, can get them, you can get them on <laughs> Apple. You can get them on Spotify. You can get I said, on- I think it's on Spotify. So I go, hmm. So I, I Googled sneakers and cleats, or I went to your email. Look at that. Look I, at Chuck has to- the app, too. 
Nice. You beat me to that. He downloaded the app. That was Michael Seifert, by the way, showing me how to do that. <laughs> so I downloaded the app, and I listened to last week's show for a little bit. I played it for my wife. She thought it was good. Hell yeah. And she wondered if there was going to be video. Damn, damn right there is. I Soon. We got cameras setting up right now. Our ratings are going to go into the tank once they <laughs> once they see what we look like. Oh yeah! <laughs> All right, guys. Well, let's get to some high school football. So this is our uh, weekly Wednesday high school hype squad episode of Sneakers and Cleats. As you know, every Wednesday we're dedicating one episode a week to high school athletics here in the San Antonio area. So this week we're going to recap an awesome week one of high school football. We had a great Friday night fever that we did on uh, Friday. We did a great episode of redundant. Uh, high That's redundant. Yeah, you know. I Friday Night Fever on Friday. Friday Night Fever on Friday. Um, at least I didn't say it on air. Uh, we got, <laughs> we're going over the TNL Top 10 uh, for 5A and 6A, as well as your sub top, top 10 for Divisions 1A and through 4A. We'll also have a preview of our next TNL matchup, which is a good one between Sotomayor and South Sand, which is taking place tomorrow at Dub Ferris Stadium. So we're going to hear from Coach Juan Morales and... Uh, over at Soto and uh, Phil Barron over at South Sand, a couple of players as well. So let's get right to it. As always, I'm Matt Roy, joined by Don Harris, Chuck Mikatinik. I think it's the latest I've done our introductions into this podcast. Minutes five into minutes, the show. five minutes in. So if you didn't know who we are, you're just listening to some three guys ramble. We appreciate it. All right, let's get to some high school football. So, Chuck, what was your uh, most dominant statement making performance that you saw uh, in week one? Well, You've done a really nice job with this rundown, and I think obviously, you know, what Steele did to Brennan Insane. jumps off the page. Because, yeah, we all knew that Brennan was retooling and lost a lot of their skill guys from last year, but it's still Brennan, Brennan High School. Number yeah. two, preseason number two. Right. Preseason number two, they were 16th in the state coming into last week, and they get beat. They don't, they don't get beat. They get destroyed 52 to zero i think they only had 78 yards of offense steel forced seven turnovers five picks from the sophomore quarterback it was like they're not even in the tnl top 10 this week because our our buddy carlos does it and he was at the game and he said it wasn't even 52 to zero close it was it was even more than that so yeah i mean tells you a how good steel is too and then obviously how long it might take for Brennan to grow up a little bit. But again, that's a tough first game, right? Absolutely. For a bunch of guys getting their first skins on the wall in a varsity football game. Right. Yeah. You're starting a sophomore quarterback and you go up against Steel. Like, good luck. You know, I mean, and I it's think it's all we, uphill from here. Yeah. And we all have co belief in Coach Bazer. They have another uh, tough matchup this week with Brandeis. But, um, I th we all believe in Coach Bazer that he's going to get things turned around and get things right, right that ship. If they played in week six, week seven, maybe this would be a, Closer game when these guys get some, as you say, skins on the wall there, Chuck. But, uh, yeah, that first week was was a drubbing. I don't know if it surprises us, though, after what we saw from Steele last year in the opener and all season with their their quarterback. I think he was a sophomore last year, so he's only a junior. Chad Warner, Chad yeah. Warner. And then uh, Royal Capel, and they had another receiver that had a big game. Um, I, the, uh, the tape that I saw, it looked like um, – that Brennan's secondary was confused a lot of times. Like yeah. there, there wasn't even guys in plays, and so I don't know if it's a talent thing as much as it was just a week one not knowing assignments thing. But Steele goes to Austin, Austin Travis this week, uh, Lake Travis. Yep, and that they're a state power, and I would love to see that game. I think that's going to be a really good one. Yeah, it's gonna you're gonna see that there's a lot of our local teams that are one having 
high-profile matchups this week, but two, just not at home. <laughs> we got uh, Judson up at Westlake, who's... Uh, sadly, they're so, probably going to get their butts kicked because Westlake is four in the state. J- if Judson can make a statement and win that game, that would be incredibly yeah. impressive. Uh, but yeah, Steele's going to um, uh, Lake Travis this week. They beat them last year in the regular season, lost to them in the postseason last year. So it'll be that's an 11 12 matchup in the state in 6A. So that'll be a great, great yeah. game. Um, Another one that I one of my one of the performances. Let's just talk about a player real quick. Was Brandon Philly or excuse me, Brandeis quarterback Lincoln Philia. He was in the uh, last game at the Alamo Dome in that triple header that was on Saturday. They played O'Connor. O'Connor's quarterback Ryder Dorm had a great play. He had the play of the game when he pulled an Eli Manning and threw a touchdown. And uh, after fumbling the ball and uh, and throwing it downfield to his tall receiver, but. Lincoln Philia threw five touchdowns, 406 yards, just completely carved up that Brandeis defense. So that was my my performance of, of the week that was kind of staggering. Yeah, sure sounds like it to me. And I always defer to our very own Jack Green, who gets to see a lot of these kids at practice and then also on game night. And he's really, really all in yeah. on this Philia kid. I guess he's a transfer from Cornerstone. And dad was a pro football player, I think played for the – San Antonio Talons back in the day, arena football. Fond memories of that, by the way. There was a great OU player named Phil Yaw. I wonder if that's... Dino Phil Yaw. Huh. But I, I don't think they are related. Red, there was a Reggie Phil Yaw, I think. And there was a Dino, too. Dino Phil Yaw. I'll, I'll look that up. I, I'm not sure if there's any relation, but either way, this Phil Yaw went, filled up the stat sheet and the, uh, and the scoreboard. They won 45. Doesn't Brandeis also have like a four-star or five-star... That's being recruited by everybody. I believe like a so. DB. I believe so. Yeah. Um, my main takeaway is if we're, we're going to talk about statement making performances, we'll get to Soto a little later. 45 zip in their opening game against Lee, uh, Legacy of Educational Excellence over there. Obviously, Lee's going a little bit through of a transition, getting a new coach and all that stuff. But the second year program, Soto making that big of a statement week one to where they didn't even have to score in the fourth quarter and they kind of, they just ran, kind of ran the clock is pretty eye-opening yeah considering they won exactly one game last year exactly. so you know we got a chance to talk to coach morales earlier this week and he said he feels like he's got the team that could be one of the teams at the end that gets into the playoffs but he's mandated to his players that that word is not allowed to emanate from their pie holes he literally wants them going game to game and then see where this goes but you know and then talking to coach barone over at south sand he said hey those boys that they had last year are now full-grown men after an offseason with coach morales so i'm really looking forward to tnl coming up he was very strategic about building this program he, he said that you know last year wasn't about winning games at all yep. it was just about building a foundation no surprise to us chuck and i have followed him for years highlands and then Holmes, and this dude this dude's a, a winner you yeah know? he builds great young men not just football players i met him for the first time last year when we were doing uh, pep rallies and stuff, it was the, when Soto opened their school. And he just could not be a nicer, more conversational, like personable person. And then you start talking about football, and he the, the knowledge that he has is just unquestioned. Yeah, and attention to detail, too. We had him for a San Antonio Sports High School All-Star game, and they were running gadget plays, and they looked like they'd been <laughs> practicing for months, and it was literally you know, four or five practices. So you, know, you can see... You know, obviously he's dealing with highly talented kids in a game like that. But to be able to have that many 
or to have the look look like it did on game day was just really, really impressive and speaks to him as a coach. 22 returning starters. It doesn't hurt, right? <laughs> when they all play. It's all kind of good. <laughs> yeah. Sophomores and juniors. Absolutely. He also looks like uh, he spends some time in the weight room. He's oh yeah, absolutely. He's Dude is stat. Offensive lineman like you, Maddie. <laughs> if I can look like Juan Morales when I'm a, a grown up, that's what I want to do. Um, yeah, me too. Were you guys looking at when you guys were looking through scores and all that stuff, and we, you know we do scoreboards and all that stuff? Was there ever was there one where you saw it and you were just like, oh, Wagner, right? Exactly. Absolutely. Wagner, that was Liberty, one I yeah. had to. That was maybe the team that we've slept on. That Why is he Wagner in the top ten? Ball. Where's Carlos? I don't know. I asked him. What did he say? I asked him, and he said that they were just out. Okay. Well, they're going to be in this week. They're going to be in this week. Just in this week. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. No, I was at that game. I went and filmed it, and Liberty Hill could not get anything going. They had that long pass play in the first half. It was their first pass of the game. They don't pass very often. It was like getting ready to watch the Navy Notre Dame game. I just went to Liberty Hill and Wagner and saw some triple option plays and felt like I was ready to go. Um, But they could not get anything going. The D line up front at Wagner is ridiculous. Their running back, their fullback has speed. Their running back is they still running that veer. Yeah. They they ran the triple option. They had the pitch yeah. that went for a thirty three yard touchdown. I was literally leaving the stadium because I got the three plays and you know I had to come back and do the Saturday shows. And I was leaving the stadium and I just see another person running down the sideline to my right and I'm just like, well, there goes another Wagner touchdown. <laughs> are we gonna are we gonna let that slide? As much heat as you and I take for being old guys, you filmed the game. Yeah. Well, that see. That was my vernacular, so that went one ear and out the other. What was other. I supposed to say? You sh- There's no such shot thing it. film. I shot it? You shot the game. Oh, That's like when you, these, uh, <laughs> when you go into press boxes now, and they, and they have like the, uh, the signs on the wall, like third floor is for filmers only. Yeah. Because <laughs> that, that's an old, right. it's an old coach who, who wrote the sign and puts it on. People still film it. No, they don't. Well, when, okay. When you, when There's a, no such thing as film. When a coach goes back and he's like, oh, we got to watch the tape. tape. Watch, there's no tape. True. Right. It's video. Well, there's, no, there's no film. Is it Wagner or Wagner? Tomato, tomato. <laughs> I don't know. Only with you. <laughs> Um, so that's that's what we got for last week. I'll, I'll let me get to Judson Johnson real quick too. Ty Hawkins is ridiculous. Ty Haw- man among boys, and uh, and our, got another year coming. Yeah, Jack Green's the one that went film that game. He came back and he told us that Ty might not have played great. He didn't play his best game. He threw a pick uh, that I saw, and but it's kind of just like knowing that person is there. You know, knowing that your your chief, your king, your captain is there at the helm and the kind of the calm that he brings, especially under year two with him, this TCU recruit, he ran for three touchdowns. He got them in position to score that um, game-winning field goal after the or after the Johnson defense forced the fumble with like two minutes left against yeah. Judson. It was just like that was felt like a coming-of-age moment for Ty Hawkins and the Johnson Jaguars. He he reminds me of uh, Vince Young at Texas his senior year, where when you snap it to him, the game's so slow mm-hmm. for him and. People are coming at him. He's going to stiff arm the tackler. He's going to g- dance out of a leg tackle and get out of bounds for another five yards. He's going to pick him, you know, pick him apart when he's on the roll. He's just – he's a grown man playing – he's a college football player playing high school football. Right. And he's only a junior. Yeah. 
And I got to give Carlos credit because I think I've said on this podcast, I thought maybe we had Judson ranked too high, but they easily could have won that game. I think having them two to start the season was probably apt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, <laughs> I, I, I kind of judge players when I watch Jack shooting. Jack's the best sports photographer I've ever worked with. Um, and Us you, too. I mean, yeah. he's, he's amazing. And the way he films games is ridiculous as well. And no, stop with the filming. I can just see your face. The way he shoots games <laughs> is ridiculous as well. And I know that a player's good when they can juke out Jack Green and like run off screen and Jack gets confused as to where the ball is. I'm like, oh, I know that kid just juked out not only the defense, but our photographer yeah, as well. Yeah, the five-yard <laughs> touchdown run. Yeah, yeah, like when when Jack doesn't know where the ball is, I know the player's pretty good or the offensive play design was really good. Yeah. <laughs> So let's get to our TNL top 10 for week two. Steel obviously is uh, number one. They're ranked 11 in the state. They beat Brendan 52-0. They forced seven turnovers. They got Lake Travis coming up on Friday at Lake Travis. That's an 11-12 matchup. If Steel wins, Steel winning over Brendan was a statement, I think. But if they win over Lake Travis. They're a state, they're a state contender. They're a state contender, no yeah. doubt in my mind. Uh, we'll go to Reagan is number two. They beat Smithson Valley. Uh, Calvin Pryor at 150 yards on 21 carries. Uh, he's back. They got their uh, quarterback back. They got their receiver back. They have a lot of returners. Reagan's going to be a wagon coming up. And Cole Pryor just offered by Texas State. So you got to believe that the deals are going to start coming in for him, too, as he gets more and more notoriety as we go along. Reagan Johnson's going to be a great rivalry down the stretch. Absolutely, and that that Smithson Valley uh, game last year that one ended on, in the Alamo Dome on a, PA, a missed PAT. This year, ended on a missed PAT, or the the difference in the game missed PAT by Smithson Valley. So, uh, Smithson Valley loses that one very narrowly. Johnson, we already kind of talked about. They beat Judson twenty four to twenty one. Game winning field goal kick by Noah Garza. Props to Noah for squeaking that over the. Uh, over the upright from about 45 yards or 30, sorry, 35 yards away. So props to the young man for making that kick with two seconds left in the game. Never easy. Uh, Ty Hawkins had three rushing touchdowns there. They play O'Connor this week at 7 o'clock on Friday at Comelander. Warren is another one that's going to be a wagon coming up. Uh, they, they're 1 0. They beat Laredo United 34 14. Uh, Antonio Meza, uh, he threw for 320 and two touchdowns, mainly to his receiver, Elijah Realzola. Uh, six catches, 172 and two touchdowns. Judson, I kind of want to talk about Judson for a second um, because we mainly focus on Johnson because they won the game. Judson, they have a tough, they kind of front load their schedule like a college team does. It's like, let's get some really tough games out of the way. Uh, at the beginning, and then let's get into district play and let's let's run wreak havoc. So, is, do you think that like after these first two games, because Westlake is going to be really tough this week? Westlake's number four in the state in six A. Um, after this game, it's like all right, that's the best you're going to see. Now let's go run through. Yeah, their league is tough though too. I mean, it's you know kudos to them for scheduling these tough games to start. But I think a lot of these area coaches do that. And again, it's can you. Get better as a football team, knowing that it's going to prepare you for league play. But what does it do to your numbers when you get to the league play? So it's always a slippery slope. Yeah, as long as you survive the injuries, it's much smarter than college football because you, you schedule that stuff in college. You lose one game, you're out of contention right. for a national championship. Here's the playoffs. So go 0-3, man. It doesn't <laughs> matter. Play the best of the best, and then that makes you tougher as long as you don't come, you know, you, as long as you come out healthy. Right. Um Veterans Memorial, we saw them up close and personal. They had uh, no peoples in that game, but no problem for them. They beat Harlandale 
uh, on TNL last week, 42-19. They racked up 445 yards of offense in that game. I know we had one of their um, one of their plays as the play of the week. Clinton Dixon, <laughs> not ha ha. That was a good throw. <laughs> uh, Clinton Dixon to uh, Jaquan Downing, who was our player of the game. That was a ridiculous throw. Like I, I haven't seen a high school quarterback make a throw like that in a while. Rolling left, having to f- plant your feet, flip your hips really quick, and launch it downfield. That ball was fifty yards in the air on a dime. So that was fantastic. Yeah. Um, and then New Braunfels pl- lost to Denton Ryan last week, so they're zero and one. They're at number seven on our list. Uh, they lost 27-24. They beat Denton Ryan last year. And now this weekend, they got the 111th edition of the Guadalupe River Bowl Saturday at Seguin. So that's going to be a huge matchup there. Um, Harlan beats uh, East Central. Harlan's number eight on our list. Senior quarterback Noah Ferris went for 251 and four touchdowns. Their next game is at Laredo Alexander, which I also expect them to win because Laredo Alexander beat Holmes. But Holmes actually put up a good fight there. So that was good for good for Holmes. Uh, Brandeis beat O'Connor. They're number nine. They won 45-35 in the Alamo Dome. They're playing Brennan this week at Ferris on Friday. Um, I, don't, I don't know what to make of Brennan after that. I don't know either. Game. I don't either. I think this week's going to be more telling. Yeah, we'll know better. Because I think Steel's a wagon, and Steel Steel's yeah. going to Steel's going to kick your butt no matter what. Um, but I think we'll we'll know more about Brennan this week. Because it's very easily easy as a sophomore or as an underclassman to get overwhelmed in those in those big games like against Steel, but you're coming against Brandeis. You're home. It's a league game. It's a league. Yeah, it's a league game. I think this is more of like a something Baser can get their guys up for. Um, not that they weren't up for last game either, but they, I think they just got so overwhelmed so quickly by an experienced Steel team that it's going to tell you a little bit more about what Brennan is going to be this week. Um, and then Smithson Valley already went over it. They play. Uh, they lost to Reagan 17-16. They play uh, Killeen Parker Heights at 7 p.m. on Friday. Real quick, just going to go over our sub-TNL top 10. This year we're doing uh, 1A through 4A, or if you want to reverse that, 4A through 1A uh, as a separate top 10 because they deserve some recognition as well. So Davenport's 1, Cuero's 2, Somerset's 3, Lavernia's 4, Bernie, who just lost their quarterback, Jackson Bays, for probably the season is five, so that's really, really upsetting for him. He's a fantastic player, and that was a great team last year. Uh, Jordanton is six, Falls City is seven, Navarro eight, Pleasanton is nine, and Randolph is ten. So with that being said, let's get to our TNL game of the week. We By kinda... the way, some great nicknames in that in that group of ten. You know, like what? Do you know any of those nicknames? Mm-mm. Quero's the Gobblers. Oh, really? <laughs> that's a great one. Randolph the Rohawks. <laughs> Love it. I uh, am just happy that I finally got told that it's pronounced Jordanton and not Jordanton. Uh, yeah. Because uh, the Fall City Beavers. Fall City Beavers. You gotta love that. Nothing like the the uh, Santa Barbara banana slugs uh, down, out in California. So um, t-shirt that uh, John Travolta wore after the accidental killing in Pulp Fiction mm-hmm. and the wolf comes and cleans up the car and they get Tarantino's clothes. Yeah. And he wears the Banana Slugs t-shirt. What a great mascot, the Banana Slugs. Um, so let's talk about TNL a little bit. We kind of we kind of touched on it a little bit earlier, but let's get into it a little bit more um, uh, thoroughly here. Let's start with Soto. They're in their second year as a program. And what they did to Lee was extremely impressive but talking to uh, Coach Morales, 
he expected it almost. He expected those guys to come out and fire and come out and, and kind of put their stamp and tell everybody like, yeah, last year was a foundation building year. This year we're going to come out, we're going to compete. We're going to, one, we're going to have fun, but we're going to put some hats on, on people and we're going to make ourselves known. Without, uh, being critical of high school kids, I'm, I'm anxious to see what happens in that district. Because we don't know how good Sotomayor is going to be until we see them play the Brennans and the Brandeises and those people of the world. Because I would expect they have a talent advantage over Lee. And it's, I, I believe the same is true for uh, this week's game against South Sand. Mm-hmm. I'm anxious to see what they do in the district. But the eye test from just catching a few pl- uh, plays of that game, they've got some horses. They do. Absolutely. And, yeah, they're underclassmen, too. I mean, they, they're really excited about their defensive line. It sounds like they've got size, speed, and athleticism along the defensive line. They've got a lot of guys that have played a lot of high school football games already. Yeah. And so, you know, why not? I just, I'm looking forward to this game for a lot of reasons, mostly because South Sand beat them last year, and I guess – had a lot to say following the game, and Coach Morales made no bones about it. He said, look, we took notes, <laughs> so we, we remember what happened last year. So I, I think it's going to be a fun game. And, you know, talking to Coach Barone, I mean, he has nothing but respect for what Coach Morales has done at Sotomayor because of, you know, his ability to build a program, and plus he's been able to do it in other programs as well. But the way they've done it, the way they've kind of – as you said, built the foundation, and you know, here we go. Let's. It's going to be a different ball game this year in terms of the score for sure. I have to believe going in because again, Barone said it best: these boys last year are now men yeah. because of what they all went through. Yeah, and I think uh, Coach Morales kind of said it best in the interview. I asked him what it's like to start a new school like that because you're starting from the ground up. You you don't have any student section. You don't have any community there. And he was like, that was my favorite part of starting this new school and being the first head coach ever at Sotomayor was being able to work with the athletic department, work with all of the uh, the, the cheerleaders and the dance team and build this community and build the alumni association and kind of get everything set up to where now it's like they're one big family that's all pulling on the same rope in the same direction. Yeah, I mean, everything from like, What's the logo going to look like? Right. What are the uniforms yeah. going to look like? And things you don't normally think that a coach has got to worry about. He's having to undertake all these different things. I would think the best part about being a coach at a brand new school, the locker room smells good. <laughs> <laughs> right? New washing, new washing machines so the, for everybody. Everything smells good. You don't have that, you know, baked in... 20 year locker room you know i don't know there's always something there's something about that locker room smell that brings back that's the nostalgia true. that's true sometimes you like a smelly locker a room mil- l- that mildew that <laughs> or worse all right let's get to south sand real quick south sand i was talking to uh coach barone and like he's just hard not to root for especially when it comes to um this is the first time I've ever talked to him, especially when it comes to he's he's the alumni of South Sand, graduated in 2002, coaching his his alma mater, and the uh, there's it's about eight minutes into into the interview I did with him, and he, I asked him what it what that kind of sense of pride is that um, 
he gets from coaching his his kids and the kids that are from where he's from he's like there's nothing there's nothing like it it's it's um that he hasn't worked a day in four years because it's just such a joy to go and kind of be a role model for the kids that he used to that used to be him man that's a great community there's a lot of pride in south sand community they're they're close-knit win or lose i mean of course their baseball program's legendary with coach gus and all of that but they've that's a community that is all together all the time, win or lose. And they got some dogs too. I mean, that running back, Frankie Orozco, has been playing for them since he was a freshman. He's now a senior. He got a little nicked up last year, missed a good chunk of the season. But, you know, this guy is, you know, a guy you can hang your hat on. <laughs> but he, Coach Barone told us he's got a guy by the name of, listen to this, he's 6'2", 195, defensive end, a five, I don't even know how event. you say it, a five-event guy in track and field that qualified for regionals. He's a defensive end by the name of Elegant Thompson. So it includes 300, and, 300 meters and 110 hurdles. So I want to see this dude play that's ball. That's an athlete. Like, that's what I'm talking Dude's, about. The 300-meter hurdles is a man's race. God, I can't hurdle one. No, me neither. I threw my back out getting out of bed this morning. So, I mean, again, you know, we get to see dudes every week, but obviously, you know, and this guy's just a junior. What is he going to look like next yeah. year? I want to see what offers few... he gets. Right. I mean, like, that's, sounds that's like unbelievable. <laughs> right. Like Andy Kalu right. right there. I mean, that's both of the guys um, – Coach Morales and, and Coach Barone are just so entrenched in their own communities in these schools that it's it's extremely impressive. One, what Coach Barone has done uh, to build up that South Sand community into something that is trying to once again gain relevance and then trying to all get behind their athletic programs. And then two, Coach Morales building something from the ground up and the way that they've all kind of rallied. And uh, Chuck, you said it last week, the way that Soto is now kind of picking players out of they like Brendan has to give players now and it kind of evens everything out. So in a couple of years, Soto might be the power and then Brendan's going to have to get some players and, and it's almost more on the coaches now. Well, you know, it always helps to have numbers, especially in the great game of football. Right. And then, you know, at some point, Sotomayor is going to have problems because there'll be another school growing yep. out there too. So it's just the evolution. That's, I what, mean, that's when Brennan got fat when they first started. You know, they grew up and then all of a sudden turn into a power. So, yeah, there's some adjustments that have to be made. But, you know, I'm pretty sure that Bazer will do exactly what needs to be done. We saw that with Churchill. You know, when, when Reagan was built, Churchill was dominant. They were like mm -hmm. Judd's, you know, in the, in, the, in the 80s. Anyway, they built all those new schools in that district, you know, um, Reagan, then Johnson. Uh and Churchill struggled for a while, but as Chuck and I will both tell you, Ron Harris, yeah, top five coach no, in the area. No for relation. Sure. No relation. <laughs> he is doing as much or more with less than any coach I can see. Yeah. I mean, we were talking about this briefly last week. Like, if you're going to name the top 10 coaches in town, I mean, he immediately pops into my head. I'd even go top three. Yeah. Just in terms of ability to build a program, gauge what you have. Tailor everything you have around what you think you have, and then run it better than somebody else there's does. Just, there's just so many great coaches and great programs in this area. Sure. It's, it's such a it's such a fantastic area to cover. 
Um, and la- last question before we get to the, uh, uh, the interviews, because this has already gone a little bit longer, but I mean, we talked about technology for 10 minutes, so I don't count that. Um, <laughs> We're going to spend another five talking about Chuck's shoes-sock combo today. What's wrong with the shoes? They're a little Nothing wintery. wrong at all. It's just awesome. It's just oh. off the charts, like... Well, I wish we had cameras that everybody could see. Man, oh. so so nice of you to say, Donald. Those are fantastic. I'm wearing beat up Nikes that I wear every day. But Chuck Chuck's, took the Chuck's time to match this, the socks too. But they're wool. I think people would give me hell for the fact that it's it's 125 degrees. degrees. It's a it's a light chocolate sneaker, and it's it worked well in Green Bay in December, though. Yeah, it'll work well in four months when it's not 100 degrees. Huge outside. shoe game from Chuck today. Thank you. Um, South, the last thing I wanted to ask you guys, I asked Coach Barone this as well, and he had a good answer, and we'll hear that in a second, but you guys have covered uh, high school athletics here for a very long time. Have, has South San always been those that kind of hard nose, bring your lunch pail, like they might not win the game, but they're gonna, you're going to know you've just played the South San Bobcats kind of team? Always, always. And, and there was a time there where they were in that district, I think it was the Smithson Valley district, they got – when they did redistricting, they they put them in a district that was the Northeast District mm-hmm. with Churchill and Reagan and Johnson and all them. Remember that? They, they oh, played yeah. two years in that district. They had no chance to win a single game in district play. No chance. But every team in that district will say the hardest game we played was South Sand. Yeah. No matter what the scoreboard said. Yep, and they changed their offense and all that. They tried to shorten games. I mean, it was really brilliant how they did that. And you know, again, they're not the only ones that play hard around town. I mean, I can't remember the last time I, we went to a game, right? We went, God, these kids have really just given up, or <laughs> yeah, they don't want to be in no. a fight. So, you know, I, I'm looking forward to seeing them. Plus, they're—I know you're going to have lots to say about their cool color scheme. I mean, it's elite. At the, least I think it the is. The quote-unquote uniforms are right? that's right of the South. <laughs> Craig Miller's the original. <laughs> All right, well, let's get to uh, – I'm going to play Coach Morales first, and then we'll get to Coach Barone right after that. So here's a little bit from Coach Morales and I's conversation. This was recorded on Sunday, so right after they kicked Lee's butt on Saturday night. All right, well, lucky enough to have uh, Coach Morales here. Coach, victory Sunday for you, isn't that – doesn't that feel good? Oh, it feels awesome. Uh, super excited about everything that we saw yesterday. Uh, and and to know that we still can fix so many things and, and make it better, uh, that's a that's an even better feeling right now. Coach, you guys went one and nine in your first year last year. So I feel like is it kind of like this year is going to be a lot of well, we lost this game last year, but winning it this year, kind of like with uh, legacy of educational excellence last year, kind of correcting some wrongs from the year before. That's exactly what it is. Uh, I think all these guys have uh, understood that the the first year was really not about wins and losses. Uh, instead, it was more about the process, more about what it is that we're going to be doing in terms to to get to a championship level. And so now uh, it's a matter of putting uh, putting our money where our mouth is. And uh, it's been a great start uh, in terms of everything that we did over the off season, everything that we did in the spring, uh, over the summertime, and now to see it all come to fruition, uh, now that the season has begun, uh, it, it's been a, a very anxious and uh, optimistically, uh, cautiously optimistic uh, time. So, well, When you come out in the first game of the season, you score 28 in the first half with four rushing touchdowns and 
40, end up winning 45 to zero. It is kind of a statement win for you guys. It was a statement. Uh, we, we are planning to make plenty of statements. That's the whole idea. Uh, we, we know uh, that we have a good team and that we put together some great chemistry over the, uh, over the off season. And so uh, again, it's, it's a matter of being able to make that statement. Uh, we want to be one of the elite teams in the, in the city of San Antonio. Um, you know, things get kind of watered down when we talk about uh, Judson and Brennan and all the great coaches that are around. Uh, but I believe uh, this community and, and these young men right here that we have, uh, they're ready to be a part of it. And so uh, it's always been about, you know, what kind of history we can make. And uh, this year, it's exactly that. These seniors really are uh, anxious to be able to put a stamp on, on all the work that they put in. Coach, I wanted to get into that. This is your guys' second year in existence last year, obviously, kind of a foundational a building year. And now uh, this year you have your first senior class. How important is it to those guys to make that mark and make a stamp on not only on the league and on the program, but on the community as a whole, that Sotomayor's building? Well, it's always been about culture. It's always been about our cats mentality. Uh, and these guys really are anxious to be able to be representatives of that. Uh, our guys here as seniors, they know that this is their last year uh, and their first time ever as seniors at this school. They really want to be able to set set the standard, set the tone uh, for the, all the seniors yet to come. And so for them, this is this is huge. This is uh, something where they can actually say we got it all started. And, uh, you know, they they are super excited about the way we got started now. Uh, this last game and so they want to make sure we carry that momentum all the way through. Coach when I was there for pep rally and you guys were your first opening day last year the energy around the school and the community was like it was it was kind of crazy like you're just you're opening a brand new school you're the first head coach there ever and you guys it's a bunch of firsts last year was a bunch of firsts this year going to be another bunch of firsts how does that kind of translate into the energy around the team and the energy for you just coaching this squad? You know, it's always uh, it's always been excited. I, I think going into uh, the year last year, we knew that this was going to be uh, an exciting time to be able to say that you're at the at the ground level of everything that goes on. And so um, this year, uh, there's there's really not a lot of difference. We're we're going to take a lot of the things that we did last year in terms of first and transfer them over to senior first. Uh, because, you know, this will be the first senior class. And so uh, we're going to take that same amount of energy, uh, energy, everything that we've learned from uh, this past year and the that they put in uh, over and just try and multiply it times 10. Coach, tell me a little bit about this team. This is your first senior class. Tell me a little bit about kind of the personalities. Maybe if you have a, if you have a funny story or something to share with everybody and to give them a little bit of insight on, into who this team is and the kind of personality running around it. I got you. Well, you know, we've got a lot of great seniors. Uh, the The biggest thing right now with these seniors and, and really with the underclassmen that have come underneath them is the amount of competition. 
the competition that they've had, not only on the field, but off the field is, is awesome. So when you talk about guys that are, that are out there and they're competing for a spot, you know, we had, you know, both our quarterbacks performed uh, yesterday, very admirably, admirably. Uh, we have a sophomore quarterback right now that's competing with a senior quarterback, the same senior quarterback we had uh, last year, Logan Blake. Uh, you know, the, the competition has been there the whole time. So they're in a pressure cooker. Uh, but then when you talk about things in, uh, in the locker room, when they're doing in the hallway, uh, you know, they're competing with everything. So if, if you have a great outfit, then uh, the other guy's got to have a great outfit. You know, when uh, when we have a, a guy like a, a, like a Tristan Woodruff, who uh, set the standard as an all-district uh, linebacker, now the other linebackers are jumping in and saying, hey, I want to get noticed too. And uh, you've got receivers that get a little bling-bling. Uh, in terms of practice wear, you know, we, we give them a little leeway. Uh, the only leeway that they get is the mouthpiece. And uh, so now we have mouthpieces that, uh, and I think you've seen them, you know, one's baby blue and the other one's uh, pink. And now all of a sudden it's like there's the zany competition of who can have a better mouthpiece. Uh, it just really gets to where they're competitive with each other uh, in everything they do. And it's just fun to watch. It's fun to see the laughs and the smiles. Uh, I think we uh, we got rid of one mouthpiece yesterday because he tried to use it in the game with a chain across the top. It's like, no, 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 can't use that one over there. So it's a uh, it's fun deal. It's a fun it's a fun group. Uh, these seniors are extremely competitive, but they know that, you know, these youngsters are right behind them are chomping at the bit to try and and beat them out at everything they do. Because they're always going to try and push the limits. You know that. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, mouthpieces and backplates. You know, you, you, that's the one thing. Yeah, you, I wouldn't want to be a ref walking around, kind of police and all that stuff on the field. It's like tuck your jersey in, put the backplate away. You can't use that mouthpiece. That's just oh, man. exactly right. Exactly right. But for you, coach, so you're the you're the first head coach that they've had over at Soto because um, they just came into existence last year. What's that like for you, trying to build a program and kind of Put yourself onto the um, onto the level that the coach Bazers at Brennan are, or the coach Signs at Steele, or putting yourself into that kind of upper echelon of coaches. Well, it's it's always been a, a dream of mine to just be able to be mentioned with those guys. You know, I've got a chance. I've had a chance to be here in San Antonio. Uh, this is my thirtieth year. Uh, starting out, I've uh, been born and bred here in San Antonio, graduated from UTSA before they had the football team. I say I graduated from UTSA when it was only four buildings. And uh, but to be able to grow up with these guys, you know, Mark Soto and I, we coached together in Poteet 29 years ago. Uh, coach Boykin, who's the head coach over at uh, Stevens High School, we were coaching together under Mark Smith. Uh, with Mark Soto at uh, at Seguin in 1999, and then uh, I've spent so many great years at John Jay. 13 years, uh, me and Coach Bazer were assistants on that on that group, you know, and in that team with Coach Campbell, John Campbell, uh, from down in Edinburgh, Vela. So we've had a chance to, and I've had a chance to work with a lot of great coaches. Uh, you know, those guys, I, I know what their work ethic is. I know what it is that they stand for. And for me to be able to say and do exactly what they're doing now, uh, you know, we haven't had that opportunity. At least I haven't uh, to be uh, to be able to get set. You know, I didn't become a head coach till uh, 21 years into my tenure. 
but you know, it was uh, once it was there, and and to be able to make a splash right away at Highlands High School, and and then to go over into a historic program like uh, like Holmes and really try and get that going after another great coach Eddie Salas had already been there. Uh, you know, it's it's fun. It's fun to be able to say you're a part of that group, you know, a part of those coaches uh, to be able to see and, and have great camaraderie with those coaches. So um, I'm going to tell you this right now, when we're here at uh, Soto, we're not doing anything different or anything more special other than we're putting those values in. We talk about discipline, effort, uh, excitement, enthusiasm, energy, teamwork and leadership. And uh, you know we tie it all together in 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 uh, in the service that we provide to to our community and to everyone around us. So uh, you'll find that all these other great coaches are doing just about the exact same thing. And so when you're able to teach those things in terms of culture, and you're able to teach those things in terms of fundamentals, uh, and then of course surround yourself with great coaches. I mean, Coach Bazer and Coach Soto, they have some great assistants. Coach Signs. Uh, guys that I know, and you know, I've done a, I've done all the all that I can to be able to get a, to get a great uh, staff here, and I do because I've got you know Josh Campbell, who's John Campbell's son, as a defensive coordinator, and uh, David Gibbons, who's just uh, done such a great job as an offense coordinator at Taft and at Southside, and again, just taste of success everywhere. And so I've been a able small to world gather. coaching is coach. It's yes, a small world. yes. Absolutely. It's been great. It's been great to be able to put that all together in a brand new school. Well, Coach, one of the reasons that we wanted you on uh, the podcast today and, and is because you are going to be on TNL for the first time uh, this week as a program. Uh, Soto taking on South Sand and Phil Barron over there down there. So uh, it's kind of a tough turnaround for you guys. You're going to be on, on Thursday. You played last night. So we're recording this on a Sunday or you, you played on a, on a Saturday evening. So how is that turnaround going to be for you guys, And one? And then how excited are you to be on uh, TNL this week and kind of be able to really show people what Sotomayor is all about? Well, we know going in and uh, the second that we heard that we're going to have that game uh, on Thursday after a Saturday, uh, we knew exactly what kind of sprint we were going to have uh, at the end of a marathon in terms of uh, the preseason and so we've been prepping for these two weeks. It's really two opponents become one. It's what it winds up becoming uh, because here we are, you know, trying to get ready uh, for, for a good lead team. And, you know, Coach, uh, Coach Harris did such a great job of just jumping in and, and getting that program going. People are believing. People are I, – I, that's going to be a good team. I'm going to tell you that right now. They're going to do well. Uh, it'll take him a little bit of time as well, just like it takes everybody. But I think he's going to do a great job. And, of course, Phil does such an awesome job over at South Sand. You know, he took it to us early uh, last year. And, uh, you know, we want to be able to, to shine out and, and make sure we give him a good game here coming up Thursday. Uh, but being on TNL, uh, I can't tell you, it's it's always been such a joy uh, to be able to talk to to you and to Chuck and to Don and, and everybody that's involved. You guys do such a great job. And the part that I enjoy is that we get a chance to really spotlight some awesome athletes here in town. Uh, and to do it in a way that it's just done so professionally, uh, you know, uh, from day one, 15 years ago, you know, I started watching TNL and, and everybody involved. And I just, you know, I, I fell in love with it just for the fact that 
you know, you guys are there doing it for the right reasons. And so you, we were honored to be a part of it. And we were, we really want to be able to say, Hey, let's, let's make sure that we in our community and represent them super well, uh, you know, through, through the venue of TNL. Yeah. Our, our producer, Chris, Chris does a great job, especially not, not just highlighting the football team and the athletes and the coaches, but highlighting the band and the cheerleaders and the student sections and, all of that. Can you just briefly just tell me how, how is that kind of, that sense of community that you guys have built at Soto over the over the first two years of the school's existence? What is that kind of bond that everyone has from the student section all the way down to the cheerleaders, the band, and you guys as a football team? Very easily said in one word: family. Uh, it's always been about family for me. It's always been about family everywhere I go. Uh, when it came to uh, getting there at Highlands right away, uh, I got a chance to uh, involve the girls' athletics. I got involved with uh, with uh, the band. I got involved with uh, the student council, avid program over there. Then I did the same thing at home. So it was about how many people can we get where we're all striving for the same thing, and that, that is to be a, a school of excellence. Excellence. And so, uh, you know, when we got to homes, we added in the ROTC program, which is uh, Colonel Davis does such a, such a great job over there and, and so many other organizations. Uh, so here, uh, jumping in it, right away, the one big thing that our principal made a bulk and you see said you're you're about family and that's exactly what we need to start this school off in the right way. And sure enough, we started meeting as leaderships, uh, a leadership council. Uh, we include our spare group. We include our fine arts group, our ROTC, AVID student council, and then, uh, and then of course, athletics. And so we're able to put in all of that. Uh, and then we subpar it to the head coaches and the, and the other sponsors that are along this. And uh, we make sure that we're extremely involved with each other and uh, that we share those athletes, share those students. And uh, when, when volleyball has a game, I try and get football players to show up. And when band is having competition, athletics tries to be there and so forth and so on, because it, it really is about community. It really is about family and knowing that we believe in each other. And so if we do that, uh, I don't think we can go in the wrong direction when you're doing something like that. Coach, well, I don't want to take up any more of your time. I could talk to you all day, but uh, I know you got film to break down and players to get on and, you know, all that stuff. So. I can't wait to see you guys on Thursday and really see what the Soto Cats can do. Thank you so much, Coach. Yes, sir. Looking forward to it. And thank you again for all y'all do. So that was the conversation I had with uh, Coach Morales on Sunday. Just a great guy. He's They're going to be a, a, a powerful program coming up uh, in a few years. They might even be this year. Who knows? I mean, those kids those kids play hard, and he's got them rearing to go. And I know he's got them in the weight room, too. So they're all getting better, getting bigger, getting stronger, getting older. And uh, they've got this – Good quarterback, too. His name is uh, Evan Pine. Evan Pine, the sophomore, uh, might even start over the senior Logan Plake this week. So we'll see how that goes tomorrow on TNL. But here's uh, my conversation with uh, Coach Barone over at South San. Um, really just an intriguing conversation. And I'll tell you, I was in a trance when he started talking about why he coaches this team and how and the pride that he has uh, with coaching this team. So here's my conversation with Coach Barone here. Welcome in, uh, Coach Phil Barron over at South Sand. Coach, you guys finally got some game film to watch now, but uh, how you how you holding up after your uh, game this week? 
Oh, uh, you know, it was tough. It was tough, uh, tough week for us. You know, we just, um, you know, have to move on, you know, and that's kind of what this game uh, teaches you, you know, um, you drop, you drop a game or, you know, it, things don't go as planned and, and you got to pick up the pieces and move on. And, uh, and the next man, uh, the next opponent up, you know, we got to prepare for them. So, you know, we can, uh, we were down about it on, on Thursday night and Friday, and then uh, it's a new week. So, uh, it's Soto Mayor week, so we've got to get ready and prepare for for Soto Mayor. Yeah, it's a it's a tough uh, 27-0 loss to McCullough. You guys did beat Soto last year, though. So, what what can you kind of tell your team this week going into uh, the game against Soto on TNL? You guys also have a two game, it's kind of a two day rest advantage there. How much do you think that's going to help? What are you telling your guys kind of this week going in? Well, we saw Soto last night, and we went to go scout them against Lee. We got the tape this morning. Um, you know, they're they're uh, 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 a much improved Soto Mayor than last year, right? The kids have grown. Uh, you know, they're uh, they're a lot they're a lot better than they were last year. Um, and so, you know, that's what we're you know we're going to tell our boys they're going to be more competitive. You know, they're a year older. Um, I think they have seniors maybe this year. I'm not too sure, but. Um, but uh, you know they're they're a good football team. You know, Coach Morales does a good job. He's done a good job wherever he's wherever he's been. He's done a good job. Um, and uh, you know, Coach Gibbons over there, the offense coordinator, does a great job. You know, Coach Coach Campbell is a young young defense coordinator that you know has over there that does a good job with. Um, so you know, we just got to prepare our boys mentally. You know, physically have you know two hard practices. It's a short week and. Um, and uh, put in the right game plan, put our kids in, in position to be successful, you know, so that's all we can do. You know, we're not going to come into this game, uh, you know, scared or or worried or, you know, we're going to come in this game, uh, you know, confident and uh, and hoping to uh, give them a, a good competitive game and, and see what happens at the end. Well, we're excited to have you guys on uh, Thursday Night Lights this year. We didn't have you on last year, I don't believe, unless I'm no. misremembering. Um it's it's a pleasure for us to be able to highlight your guys' program and programs from around the valley or around the area, excuse me. What is it about your guys' program that you think makes you special? Like what what is something that you guys think you want to tell everybody, you want to make everybody know that some this something about South San? You know, that's something is is our kids are extremely hardworking. You know, um, they're never gonna quit. Regardless of the score, regardless of the outcome, regardless of, of what's going on throughout the game, you know, these, these kids are, are they're tough nosed, uh, you know, kids that, um, I mean, we like to consider ourselves, you know, a, a blue collar uh, program, you know, uh, we're workers, you know, and, and that's what we, that's what we have. You know, we have kids that are going to work and grind and, and get after it and they're, they're never going to they're never going to quit regardless of the of what's going on, uh, regardless of the outcome. Um you know, they uh, enjoy being around us. They enjoy being on the coaching staff. And and that's kind of what we've had to build here, you know, because it's been a long time for uh, since South Sand football has been successful. You know, we've had some some tough districts that we got placed in when we were in in 6A. And, uh, you know, you can argue, did we belong there? Or did we not belong there? You know, but uh, nonetheless, the kids didn't back down, you know, and uh, and we faced some tough, tough competition, you know, the kids have stuck around regardless of, uh, you know, whatever decisions UIO has made. And, um, and so that's what we have here at South Saint. We've got 
We got fighters. We got kids that are going to work hard. We got uh, a supportive community that is going to back the kids up, win, lose, or draw. Um, and uh, the uh, the community expects to be uh, our kids to be well coached. Um, they expect them to be disciplined. Um, you know, and uh, and that gives us an opportunity to to win games when when we have teams that are exactly that 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 alone will give us a chance to win. So um, that's what I'd like people to know about myself saying kids, you know, they're hardworking, they're going to fight and they'll never quit. Because you have, you have kind of like institutional knowledge when it comes to that too, because I mean, you graduated there in what, 2002, right? 2002, correct. Yep. So has it always been like that? Has South Sand kids always been those kinds of fighters, even when you were, when you were going there? No, absolutely. You know, that's what South Sand's always been known for, you know, kids that, uh, they're going to get after it, you know, they're going to come at you all night. They'll never quit. And they're going to, you know, work hard and, uh, and, you know, keep swinging all night, you know, regardless of the outcome, you know, and that's the reputation South Sands had for many years. You know, obviously kids are different these, these days, you know, and that's around town around, you know, they're just different kids, you know, it's the generation of, uh, of video games, right. The generation of, I'm going to be inside and, and technology has kind of taken over and, and cell phones, right. Has ruined this entire world. But, uh, uh, you know, growing up as a kid, you know, we were getting our knees scraped and riding bikes and playing, you know, outside Well, you know, video games weren't a big deal when, uh, when, when I was growing up, you know? So, um, even back then you walk around a neighborhood on the South side of San Antonio and there's kids out there running around playing and, uh, you know, playing tackle football on the street, you know what I mean? And, and sideline kid when you got to the grass, you know, that's just kind of the way things work. You know, you see kids at parks, you know, all the time and, you know, riding bikes and the different uh, generation now. So kids are a little different, you know, they're a little different, but uh, nonetheless, they're still going to work hard. You know, they're still going to have a blue collar mentality, you know? Um, and so that's, that's what we hang our hat on, you know, is that our kids are going to, uh, you know they're never going to quit, and they're going to they're going to work their butts off. So, coach, one of my favorite things about TNL is that it not only highlights the uh, community, or not only highlights the football team, excuse me, and the coaches and and whatnot, but it also highlights kind of your student section and and your boosters and your community and your band and cheerleaders, and it kind of all encompasses the entire school. Can you talk? Just tell me a little bit about your community there at South Sand. Tell me about your connection from athletics to, to the cheerleaders or, or athletics to um, maybe the women's or the girls teams that are at that school. How do all of you guys kind of tug on the same rope and tug kind of in the same direction? You know, that's something we've, we've, uh, we've spoken about. Um, our administrative team has mentioned it. They, uh, they harp on that, you know, they pride themselves on, on building a culture, you know, and having a, a winning culture and having a, you know, a culture collectively for, for, you know, with the athletic side and the academic side and, and everything else that the school entails, right. Everybody that's involved, you know, building a family, uh, a culture and having a great environment, uh, you know, here at South Sand within the school, right. Within these gates. And, uh, so one thing that I did do when I first got this job was included our cheer and dance in our in our team picture, you know. So our varsity team picture, they're in it with us every year because they're a part of us, you know. So I wanted them to to feel part of us. They they're a big support group for us. Um, so that was something that I immediately you know brought in into to South Sand into the program. So, so 
know, my girls, the uh, the cheer and dance dance teams are going to be in our team picture, and they have been for the past three years. You know, um, and they appreciate it's a big day for them, and it's we call it like a media day, and so they come out and they're you know they're in their in their cheer uniforms and. And, you know, they get to take pictures and, and it's one of those social media ops, right? That everybody, uh, you know, uh, it's can't the, wait it's to Instagram to, moment, coach. It's, that's exactly it's right. Moment. You know, we're going to put it on the gram, you know? <laughs> uh, so, you know, we give them that opportunity and I think they enjoy it. Um, I think they appreciate it, you know? Um, and then the, uh, the girl staff, uh, or the girl side of, of athletics, uh, you know, I'm the athletic coordinator. So, you know, volleyball games, you know, we I tell the boys, hey, let's go support our girls, you know, tonight when it's a Tuesday night and we're able to, you know, to my coaching staff, hey, guys, girls play here, girls play at home at this time. If we can get out there and, you know, support the girls for a little bit, let's do that, you know. So we just want to try to build a culture where everybody's supporting everybody, you know. Um, and our administrative staff and our principal, uh, Erica Almendada, she's really big on, on, on environment. And then and with the rest of her staff. Um, so, you know, that's kind of something that has uh, it's kind of been a domino effect when they got here on to everybody else um, on campus, you know, is building a, a positive culture, a family environment, you know, and uh, and they kind of lead by example with that. And they're super supportive of everybody on our campus and in all groups and all extracurricular activities. So um, it's been it's been a, a, a fun year and a year and a half, year and a quarter, you know, whatever we're in right now, working with this new administration. So, yeah. Um, but that's been big for us is, is building that culture. Coach, I wanted to ask you, speaking of culture, I mean, you're, you're an alumni of the school. You know that school inside and out and what it used to be and what it can be. How much pride do you take every single day when you put on that South Sand hat and that South Sand pullover, nice pullover you got on? When you, when sure. you, put, when you put things like that on and, and you go to your office and you have South Sand all around you, what kind of pride does that bring you to be the coach of that school? You know, I've, I haven't worked a day in in four years. This is year four for me, and I don't feel like I'm I'm working. You know, I don't feel like I'm coming to work. Uh, this is what I love to do. You know, this is what um, what I was meant to do. You know, this was God's plan for me to be a coach and for me to be a positive impact on young men. Um, to give uh, young men an opportunity to to be successful, to to be that role model for my kids that uh, you know grew up in the same neighborhood that I did, you know, and I tell the boys all the time, you know, my eyes have seen what your eyes have seen, my ears have heard what you've what your ears have heard, and my feet have walked the same streets that you walk, you know. So uh, there's no excuse for me for my kids not to be successful, you know, because I went through the same exact thing. Um, and, uh, whatever trials and tribulations they face, uh, whatever hurdles they have to overcome, uh, being part of the football program, being a, a part of, of a brotherhood that we, that we create here at South Sand will give them that opportunity to be successful, um, in life, you know? So that's kind of what, uh, is, is my, what gets me going every day is giving the, the kids an opportunity to say, look at your head coach. He did it. Why can't I do it? You know, and that's, uh, you know, that's the most gratifying thing for me, you know, and, uh, you know, one of my old uh, coaching buddies, uh, you know, he said when, when he goes in interviews, they ask him, you know, what, what was the definition of success, right? What's a, 
what is your definition of success, Coach, and your, your football program? And it's it's really resonated with me and stuck with me. Is uh, And it, it, it he said, uh, talk to me in five years, you know, and I'll tell you how, how successful my program was, you know. And that just goes to show, you know, the, the productive – uh, members of society, right, that came through your program and and are now good husbands and good fathers and great employees and you, you know and and are doing things that uh, you know you set a, a foundation for you know um, in life you know for the boys. Um, so that's what it is for me. You know, wins and losses. You know, uh, they're gonna it's gonna happen. You know, you're gonna lose some games, you're gonna win some games, but at the end of the day, our job. Our jobs are to are to mold young men uh, into men, you know, and teach them, uh, you know, integrity and character and principles, life principles to give themselves an opportunity to be successful. So, you know, South San isn't just a, a, a football job, a head football job. We wear plenty of hats here. You know, it's, uh, you know, we're we're fathers to some of these kids We're you know, counselors, you know, we're. You know, we're everything, you know, uh, we're relationship advisors, you know, I mean, uh, so it's it's that's another world over here with with being, you know, in the inner city. And uh, essentially, that's what we are. You know, we're an inner, inner city school and our kids face different, you know, uh, different struggles than, than anywhere else. You know, and in inner city schools all face the same thing. But, uh, you know, so so, you know, wins and losses, it is what it is. But I take pride in being the role model for these boys and trying to give them an opportunity to be successful when they leave my program. You know, that is my ultimate goal. And, uh, uh, you know, I can be judged on that and, and I can be fired on that, you know, by, <laughs> by, uh, by the losses, you know, but at the end of the day, my time here at South Sand high school, um, it's not work to me. It's what I love. It's what I'm passionate about. Um, you know, I, I love these boys and, uh, you know, I tell them I love them every day. And they and they tell me they love me back, and uh, you know I'm, I'm a I want to hug you, coach. You know I, that's the kind of coach I am. You know, let me put my arms around you and let me hug you. You know, um, you know whether you're right, wrong, or or you know whatever the case is. You know, I want to hug my my kids, man, and I want to love my kids. Um, then I want to coach them hard. You know, I want them to be be successful. I want them to do the right thing. Um, so it's uh it's kind of uh, what gets me going is the relationships with my boys and giving them an opportunity to be successful when they leave me. That's, that's what South sand means to me. That's what, right. that's how prideful I am in my job, in my community. Um, you know, like I said, wins and losses, it, it, it is what it is, you know, but uh, at the end of the day, if my kids left me better than uh, when I received them, then, uh, then that's a win for me. I was like in a trance there for a second. It was a great answer. I was just, I was just listening. I was like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is great. This is, this is a great answer. All right. Um, last question for you. I don't want to keep you too long. I know you got film the breakdown and guys to coach and all that stuff. So last question for you on, on TNL. I, like I said, I, I don't think you guys were on last year. This is going to be the first year in a couple that you guys were on. What is it that, um, why is it that you guys kind of accepted the opportunity, accepted the challenge to be on spotlighted in front of 35, 40, 50,000 people and on national or on, on TV. And why is it that you guys wanted to take that opportunity to showcase your, your team and your school? Uh, that's easy. You know, that's for my kids. 
you know, it's for my kids to get exposure, you know, it's for my kids to, you know, for their families, for our community to be able to see our kids on TV and, and uh, have that same opportunity other schools around the area get. Um, so, you know, that's what it is for me. It's, ne it's never about me. It's never about my coaching staff. But if we get the opportunity to showcase our kids, to give our kids some exposure outside of the south side of San Antonio and, and you know, for other eyes around the area to get on our kids and see how hard they work and, and uh, you know, the effort that they give, uh, that's what it is, you know. So when we get an opportunity to be on TNL, you know, that's never going to be turned down if I'm the head coach, uh, you know, because I'm proud of my kids. The, of what they do and how hard they work and proud of my staff and and it gets to showcase uh, you know our kids on on tv you know in, in local tv here in san antonio you know so you know uh you know our our uh, community a lot of them have uh, elderly grandparents and, and aunts and uncles or even sometimes parents um, and they're not always able to make it out to the game but this gives them the opportunity to watch them on tv you know and so it's uh, it's pretty neat uh you know for my kids a great experience uh, for my kids and our community. So, you know, I'm just thankful that we were given the opportunity, you know, to, uh, to have this game televised, you know, so thank, thank you guys. And thank TNL for, for giving our kids some recognition Thursday night. Also nice to have the game televised because then maybe those grandparents don't have to come out and sit in a hundred. Sure. Feet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So. Sweat as much mm -hmm. as I was sweating last Thursday, man. <laughs> hot out there at Rutledge on that, on that turf. Oh, it's hot on every turf. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't miss playing on turf. That's one thing I don't miss. I do not miss playing on turf. Yeah. Well, coach, I uh, I greatly appreciate the time. These are this is the reason I do what I do is because I love high school football and and I love uh, talking to coaches and players and and because the communities around high school football, there's nothing like it. It's not it's not like that even in college uh, nowadays. It's like the communities are so small yeah. and they're so niche and it's like there's something unique about every single one of them. So. Thank you so much for the time, and uh, I look forward to seeing you on Thursday, and uh, hopefully hopefully you guys can bring home a dub. Thank you. I appreciate it, man. Again, thank you. Thank to everybody at TNL for for giving South Sand High School the opportunity uh, to, to showcase our kids. So uh, we, just, we appreciate it a bunch, man. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Coach, and I will, I'll see you on Thursday. Awesome. Sounds good. You guys take care. Just an absolutely wonderful conversation there with Coach Barone. So I was I was ecstatic to be able to uh, have that with him on Sunday as well. Um, and then on Monday, our our guy Jack Green caught up and went to South San uh, practice. Caught up with their running back Frank, Francisco Orozco, who you heard Chuck talking about a little earlier. And then South San offensive and defensive lineman Jimmy Estrada as well. So let's hear from the players. Week one is in the books. It didn't yes, go quite the way that you guys wanted it to go. Yes, sir. But I was at the game. You have two or three plays, a penalty here, a drop ball in the end zone there. You make those plays, and all of a sudden, it's an entirely different ball game. Yes, sir. From your perspective, it was like, how close were you guys to actually flipping that game around and actually getting victory? Uh, I mean, like you said, a couple plays away, penalties hurt us. Um, we just need to execute. Honestly, that's my big thing. We need to execute, make, be able to make plays, and be able to come and um, just move the ball. You know, is it does it make it a little bit easier taking a loss like that? It was just like you know what, we kind of self-inflicted this loss. It wasn't necessarily what McCullum was doing. We kind of beat ourselves on this game. So does it is it a little bit easier to swallow going into week two? 
Yeah, we gotta we gotta flip the script. You know, we gotta start overs. Uh, week one's behind us, so we just need to move on, focus on Sotomayor. What does it say about the character, especially on that offensive unit, that you guys, even down so much in the fourth quarter, down by 20, you guys are still going out there and fighting for every single yard that you get. What does it say about the character of, of the guys that you were taking the field with? Uh, we're a strong mentally team. Um, we just we just want to go out there and put on for our show. I mean, put on for our school. I mean, and just show out and you know. Sorry. How many? No, no. How many years have you been uh, on the varsity team? Uh, three years, sir. Three years. Yes, sir. What's it like to play in front of Bobcat Nation? Oh, it's the best feeling in the world. The student section always gets uh, crunk. You know, they're always hyped. I mean, we have a good we have a good fan base. So I mean, it's like no other. Um, what's it like when you take the field with the, this offensive unit, especially that offensive line that, that was opening up some good holes for you on, on uh, Thursday night? Oh, it's amazing. Um, the effort's there. You know, we just, like I said, we just need to execute, make plays, and, you know, I mean, that will help us win ball games. When you found out that you were actually going to be on television to showcase your talents for all of South Texas to see, mm -hmm. how special is that, that, that it's, it's, this isn't just, you know, streaming. This is a full-on broadcast. It was like, how special is that for you guys? I mean, it's really special, not only for me and my team, but it's just good that, you know, they're showing inner city schools, like especially down in the south side. It's just, it's a really special thing. Um, without giving away any secrets, what do you guys need to do in order to be a, a Sotomayor team that you, you handled last year? Mm -hmm. But obviously they're a little bit, uh, they're a little bit better this year than yes, what sir. they were last year. So what do you guys need to do in order to beat them? Execute and make plays. Yeah, I mean, our efforts there, I mean, as long as we make plays, execute, I think we'll, we'll be all right. How do you feel knowing that it was just like, dude, we clean up a couple of things and we walk away with a victory? How does that make you feel? Uh, yeah, the loss didn't feel good, but I have the faith in my teammates and I, I believe we can do it. Just got to fix up a little things, communicate more, and we'll get it done. What do you like about this defensive unit when you take the field with those guys? Oh, I love my I love my defensive guys. You know, we got our backs. Uh, I believe we're, we're real close. We talk a lot. You know, we're always there for each other. Pick you, pick a man up. Everything. I love these dudes. We, we feel good about them. Offensive line, defensive line. Which one do you prefer more? Uh, I love my my offense, my offensive guys, my friends. My you know, we, we communicate. We we're like we're like this. We're real tight. I love I love my dudes. So most guys that play kind of two ways, it's always I like going on the defense because I like to hit somebody. Mm -hmm. But you're an offensive lineman, so you, you get to, to lay the wood also on there. Which one is more fun? Is it kind of hitting somebody on that offensive side or hitting somebody on that defensive side? I, I love hitting. Hitting is my favorite thing. I, offense, I love to lay the wood. Just, I love it. Playing in front of South Sand Nation, it's... What does that mean to you? It was just like, because these guys come out every single week. They show out, especially that student body. Mm -hmm. What's it like playing for that, that crowd? Uh, I love it. Seeing the fans, getting the love, my parents in there, all my friends in the student section. It's, I, like, I love hearing the noise. It's a, it's a good feeling. A little bit of pressure because it was just like they, they kind of demand victories out of, out of you know, Bobcat Nation. That a little bit of pressure to go ahead and perform so well every mm -hmm. single week for those guys? A lot of pressure. Yeah. A lot of pressure. Um, when you found out that you were going to be on television, on TNL, to get to showcase your talents and everybody's talents, how special is that for you? Uh, real special. A little nervous. I had never really been on TV, but, you know, I liked it. I enjoyed it. Maybe play a little bit better. Um, and without giving away any secrets, what do you guys need to do, especially on the defensive side of the ball, in order to be able to slow down a, a good side of my team this year? Uh, just communication and, and 
knowing our keys and where to be in the right moment. And lastly, let's hear from Sotomayor defensive back Leif Caballero. Leif, Leif, I'm sorry uh, that I mispronounced your name. I'm, I'm sure I did. Um, but let's get to Leif Caballero and uh, running back Jaden Gutierrez as well. What a way to start off the season. It was like, what was that feeling like when the game ended? I mean, you guys were in pretty much control of that whole game, but when it finally went all zeros, and you look up at that scoreboard, and you guys pitched not only a shutout, but got a big win to start the season. What was that feeling like for you? Uh, it was amazing. You know, we came together as a team, did what we did. Uh, no matter what, we bounced back. Our running back had a big game as well. The whole team did. We were just constant communication. We were super excited to be able to finally get a win, especially a shutout. What was that bus ride like? I know it was a short bus ride to come on back home, but what was that ride like, you know, with the experience of, okay, Maybe we finally have a ride. Uh, the coaches talked to us, and although we did celebrate, he told us to stay level-headed and come back to Grindstone on Monday, which is today, and just keep going back at it no matter what. What did you learn? Because every coach is going to sit there and say, look, it was a good win, all-around win, but we still got a lot of work to do. From your perspective, especially on the defensive side, did you leave a lot of plays still out there on that field? Yes, sir. You can always improve, uh, even on the little play. The details matter the most. When we feel as a team, the more we improve, the more we'll have a better chance than we can play us. With such a young program, you guys are going to be first in a lot of different things. You had the first pick six this past week, first big shutout uh, of, your, of your young uh, your lives. Now you get to be on TNL for all of San Antonio and South Texas to finally know what the Wildcats are all about. How special is that when you found out it was just like, wow, we're actually going to be on TV in our second year? Uh, it's special. It's a special feeling. Not many get to experience it. We're glad to have been chosen for it, and we're definitely going to show out on Thursday night. What do you like about it when you take this field with this defensive unit? What do you like about these dogs? The brother we have, the communication, even though it'll be hot, it'll be sunny, or even in the gym like we are right now, we're constantly communicating to try and get better and just be as a team and work together. Um, without giving away any secrets, what are you going to do to beat a, a, a much better than what their first game uh, said about a South San Bobcat team? What do you guys need to do in order to get a victory? Uh, definitely communicate, talk, and be on the same page as everyone else, and I think that'll help us pull off a win on Thursday night. 45 nothing. Yes, sir. What was that feeling like when the game finally ended and you can look up and it's like, not only did we get a win, but we pitched a shutout and we scored a lot of points? It was amazing. It was amazing. It felt felt good finally getting a win since last year we went one and nine man like we, we finally brought it in uh, last last game so the first game obviously it was just like every coach that I talked to was always going to say the same thing look it was 45 nothing but there's still a lot of room for improvement from the offensive side of the ball it was like how much did you guys leave out there on the field on, on Saturday night I think we could have done more I think we could have put more up in the score but we sure Gave it all. We gave it all for sure that game. What do you like about it when you take the, uh, the field with this offensive unit? What do you like about these guys? The chemistry. Just it's a big family. Our our offense is a big like, yeah big family. I just, like, they're they're a fun group of guys to play with. Yep. This defense seems to be awfully good. How much better are you becoming because this defense oh. that you're going against every day in practice? How much better are they making? A whole lot better. They just keep. Hitting us and hitting us, and that's just like what Coach uh, Campbell would be saying. Iron sharpens iron, so that's what like makes like our mind in the game is, like go hard. 
when you guys found out that you were going to be on television this year, it's what kind of, for lack of a better term, how special is that for you from the standpoint of this is my senior year, it's the last year I'm going to be playing high school ball, and I get to showcase my talent along with the entire Wildcat community on television for all of South Texas to see. How special is that for you? It was very special to like play with my team and show everyone like, uh, like how, how much we improved that game too. It was very special for us. Um, without giving away any secrets, what's this offense need to do in order to be able to, to beat a very good South Sand team, even though they lost game one, but they're still an awfully, they're going to be a tough out to, to be able to, to get a victory. Uh, so what's it going to take for you guys to get that victory? Just to not hold back from, uh, on, a, on each other. Just keep going. Not make many mistakes as we did last game. With this being a 1-0 team, it's like how good can this team be if you guys keep doing what you're doing? I say a really good One. team. All right, well, that's all we got today. I can't wait for tomorrow in TNL. This is actually, it's, it's awesome to hear from all these players, all these coaches, and it's awesome uh, every week to see the community that all these guys build together. So I know Chuck, Don, and I cannot wait for TNL uh, tomorrow night at 7 o'clock on The CW. That's all we got for you today on this edition of the High School Hype Squad here on the Sneakers and Cleats podcast. Some housekeeping real quick. We will not have a new episode next week or next Monday excuse me because of Labor Day I'm going to be off my mom is here hi mom uh, she's here this this weekend so I'll be showing her around on Monday um, so Labor Day we are off our next episode episode is going to be next Wednesday so a week from today that's going to be the next high school hype squad episode to recap week two of high school football and preview our next TNL matchup, which will be Brennan and Harlan, which is going to be a great matchup. We'll see exactly where those two stands, those two teams stand in district. So that's going to be a really good one. And then next Friday, we'll be back with uh, first week of NFL season and Cowboys first game of the year. So we won't be back until next Wednesday. You got a week to digest this one and uh, have a happy Labor Day. And then we'll be back next Wednesday with the High School Hype Squad and then Friday to preview the NFL season. Oh, my God, I can't wait. That's going to be exciting. Uh, quick reminder, you can get this podcast wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, meaning uh, Spotify or you know Apple Podcasts, you know wherever, wherever you get them. Uh, Don's slowly figuring that out. Please download, subscribe, rate, review, unsubscribe, resubscribe, re-rate, re-review, give us a five-star rating, give us some feedback. Feedback is a gift. We'll see you next time, next week, on the Sneakers Cleats podcast and the High School Hype Squad. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. All state vehicle and property insurance company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.